we are joined by a very special guest back for the second time, communications protagonist, Dave Michaels. Heads in the Cloud with your host, David Bordnowitz, Graham Potter, and John Roth. Welcome to today's episode of Heads in the Cloud. I'm David Portnowitz. And we are joined by a very special guest, back for the second time, communications protagonist, Dave Michaels. Thank you, Dave, for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Dave, how have you been since uh, we, we, we last spoke, gosh, almost two years ago on the pod? Um, how have you been since March, April, and, and how has uh, you know, COVID-19 changed your workday? You know, I think this, uh, this whole virus thing might have an impact to the way we work. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah, no, actually, before, uh, before the, uh, the pandemic, I was somebody who uh, uh, traveled fairly extensively. I, I did about, about uh, 25 conferences a year, telecom conferences a year. And a lot of people were asking me, you know, how are you adapting to do this? Uh, and I'm actually saying I'm loving it. Uh, this, this, uh, I'm not missing that one bit. Yeah, you're enjoying being home and not, and not in a million airports? Yeah, but for some reason, I'm, I'm, I'm seems to be more stressed about getting things done. But uh, no, but it's, uh, travel isn't something that I particularly enjoy. It's something that we have to do. It is a little harder to do some of my research, though, because um, – you know, the, the PowerPoint presentations work fine remotely, no difference there. But but a lot of stuff that I get out of a conference or an event is the stuff that happens between presentations. And that's harder to replicate when you're not there. Yeah, we have had similar feelings. And even if we've attended a few of the virtual events, they lack that same uh, appeal and uh, and nuance that you might get in person. Yeah, it's all about the shoes, you know, because the video conference gets to kind of waist up and all that stuff, and that, that's all been reproduced. But nobody knows what, who, what, what people are wearing for shoes, and I think inquiring minds want to know that. So, excited to have you on. Love, love your take. I love following you on Twitter and, and your interactions with Evan and, and, and Zeus and the rest of the gang. Um, what I wanted to talk about, sort of start with, is, you know, we've been hearing, you know, we're, we're a UCAS company. We play in this space. But there's a lot of talk about, you know, where you see is going, you know, it, it, you, 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 that you can't just be a voice company. You've got to have collaboration. Some people, I've heard analysts say maybe UCAS is dying, it's dead, or it's transitioning. You know, what, what's your take? What, 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 you know, what are you hearing? You know, there's a lot of consolidation. I imagine it will continue. Um, you know, where, where do you see things going here in the next 12 months? Well, you know, I might have a few, a, a few thoughts on that, actually. Um, <laughs> Hopefully they're not too, too negative. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing negative there. The, the industry is alive and well. The, the pandemic has had uh, some really interesting effects on, on the industry and, of course, on the uh, um, society as a whole. Uh, in many ways, the pandemic has been great for the industry. <clears throat> it has certainly accelerated meetings, but the cloud in general has done really well with this pandemic. But... Uh, uh, I, I guess I guess what's happened in many ways is that the pandemic accelerated things dramatically, and some of those things are pretty good things that it accelerated, and some of those things are not so good. Um, one thing that we already saw happening was a fairly significant disparity in the size of the organizations in the UCAS industry. Now, if you go back, you know, let's go back to the PBX era. 
You know, we certainly had our big giants, the Nortels and the Vias and the PBX era, uh, but they were um, uh, fairly specialized companies. You know, they, uh, you know, I'm thinking of like Ericsson in, in uh, Sweden and um, uh, so many of these different regional companies. Uh, they were, they were fairly, they were, they were, they were significant, but they were specialized in communications. Uh, as as uh, IP, voice over IP has become uh, mainstream technology, uh, we're now dealing with um, just not only giant companies, but the largest and most powerful companies in the world are enterprise communications companies. I'm talking Microsoft, Google, Amazon, even Facebook. You know, these companies all have some sort of enterprise communications offer. So we're, it, it's, and there's still companies like yours. There's still companies that are just kind of specialized, focused on enterprise communications, doing their own thing. So the disparity in the sizes of organizations uh, and, this, and the vendors uh, serving this industry are phenomenal. And it's creating um, um, some some interesting challenges because, you know, during the pandemic, we've seen some of these companies are really accelerating. The customers don't have time to really evaluate, you know, who's who's doing what and how to do what. It's like, how do we get some solution fast? And then the big brands are winning. I mean, Amazon is, you know, probably the, the most victorious company of all when it comes to this pandemic. But, uh, but, the, but the size disparities is just one of the huge changes that this has really accelerated, in my opinion. And there's, and there's a few more, too. Yeah, so you mentioned the size disparity. I, I think that's a good take. You know, one thing that we that, that's sort of been out there forever is that this idea that Microsoft is just going to come in at some point and dominate the UC space, right? That like at some point, if they really want to focus on it, Microsoft or Google or someone like that could just come in and own the space. Is Are you hinting? Are you sort of seeing, is that sort of starting with Microsoft, especially with how much Teams is being used? And, um, you know, it, it, is that still a, a realistic idea or or is there room for a few others with Microsoft? I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. No, it's, 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 a, it's a great question. And, and, and uh, you know, certainly Microsoft is very focused on Teams. But I, ha I have a, I have one of my, one of my theories here that, I'm not sure uh, people at, at Microsoft would agree with, but I have a theory. Uh, the theory is mine that belongs to me. Uh, if you remember Ann Elk in the Monty Python days. But <laughs> anyway, my, the, 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 the theory is that Microsoft actually doesn't want to be in UCAS. Um, and people look at me sometimes sideways, you know, it's like, well, how can you say that? Of course they want to be in UCAS. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure they don't want to be in UCAS. They, you know, we're talking about one of the most powerful companies in the world has one of the most limited UCAS offers on the planet. Um, when I say limited, I'm talking about features. I'm talking about regional or geographic availability. Mm -hmm. I think they've kind of done a checkbox effort. You know, yeah, we have it. We've done it. We satisfy some basic needs. Uh, but I don't think they really want to be in UCAS. I think I think their strategy really, and, and I think it might have been accidental for that matter, is to let their partners do it. Um, I think uh, when, you know, there was a race at one point. There was an interesting race with uh, Cisco and Microsoft both racing toward UCAS, and nobody knew who was going to win, who's going to get there first. And they were both trying to develop their own internal processes or, or products and, and services, and they were both struggling. And then Cisco kind of threw in the towel and said, you know what, let's just go acquire Broadsoft. And that was a pretty smart move, in my opinion. They went out and acquired Broadsoft. They had providers all around all around the globe big providers and i and i'm just you know, assuming this is all you know the world according to dave um 
I'm just assuming the folks at Redmond said, oh, crap, we're not going to win this race anymore. We don't, we, don't have, we don't stand a chance at this race anymore. So they came up with this idea of direct routing. And direct routing was, in my opinion, probably a knee-jerk reaction that, that allowed them to get the providers. Uh, it, it allowed them to skip all this nonsense. I mean, the, the, the nonsense of being a provider, and you guys know this, mm-hmm. there's regulations, there's mm-hmm. 911, there's taxes. I mean, this is not a fun gig uh, of all the things that Microsoft can make money at, this is not, you know, one of the easiest, most lucrative aspects. Um, and so they did the direct routing, and that allowed companies to say like BT or some carriers to partner up and resell the Microsoft service and provide all the telecom and do all the stuff that they do as a carrier. Well, that direct routing thing actually worked out really well. Uh, it uh, was actually quite genius. And so it may, maybe it was an accident, maybe it wasn't, but I think it worked out well from Microsoft. They managed to find this this equilibrium between uh, not having to do all this stuff and still having the ability to retain control. They get to control the Indian experience as if they were doing it all. And so that model kind of took off. I think that's Microsoft's preferred model. I don't think they want to deal with all this crap. Um, and and so uh, that, that bring your own carrier model, I think that works pretty well for Microsoft and really kind of gets them out of the, uh, out of the UK's business directly without, without leaving a competitive gap in their portfolio. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think, I think in, in, for the most part, you're right. Um, especially with Microsoft, you know, when it comes to, to Google, maybe slightly different, you know, they, I, I have heard that they have seen a, 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 quite an increase in their uptake, especially on their, on their, on their meat product. You know, they, they have really done a, try to integrate that product into their Gmail application and into, and into, you know, so they, into your Gmail, we use Gmail as a company. Well, it's very, very much integrated into your calendar experience. And so it's, it's hard not to use. Well, um, wait, but, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're kind of pivoting to, to meetings. And, and I wasn't clear because when you talk about UCAS, you could be talking about messaging, you could be talking about meetings, okay. you could talk about telephony. I was actually referring to telephony. Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't think Microsoft wants to be the telephony business. I think they absolutely want to be in the video business and, and the video business, you know, this is one of my big soapboxes from last year. I have to get it out. It's a little dusty, but my, my 2019 soapbox, box was really all about about video first communications and so uh, absolutely uh, I, I think that particularly the, again going back to how the pandemic has accelerated things um, I think Microsoft and Google had a pretty crappy video experience uh, they have done more in this pandemic both of them uh, about improving their video experience than than anything that they, I mean if you look at their their entire UCAS stack or their mm-hmm. or anything in teams you look at any, that anything in Google um, they in, in G Suite, they have done more improvements to to meetings than than anything, and so so I absolutely agree that okay. the companies are very serious on on meetings. Meetings are easy; that's not regulated. Those those don't have nine one one. Those don't have special taxes. Uh, that that's low hanging fruit, and they're and they've gotten very serious about that. Um, but uh, did Zoom? You think Zoom pushed them there? Well, Zoom. Again, this is back to that last year's thing about, you know, I, I had this epiphany, I guess, somewhere in 2018, because I, I harped about it most of 2019. But um, I really feel the industry shift to video first. And, and you know, most of the UCAS industry has been so focused on voice. I mean, it, it, can't, it has a voice heritage. Uh, we used to call the UCAS industry hosted, hosted voice or hosted PBX or uh, it, it, it moved into UCAS, it evolved into UCAS, and that was really around unified messaging and instant messaging and things like that. But it was always, uh, the analogy I've used many times is the, um, 
the cheese pizza, right? So mm -hmm. voice was the cheese pizza, and then you can sprinkle on toppings like unified messaging and instant messaging and all kinds of stuff and 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 make out your UCAS stack to be more complete. But it was always, you started with voice. Um, and and what happened with companies like Zoom and companies like, like Microsoft with, uh, with Link was they treated voice as the add-on. Mm -hmm. And that was like, whoa, wait a minute, you can't do that. You're supposed to, everyone knows you build a pizza with the cheese first and then you start adding. But I'll tell you, when my wife, she's European, she likes to put the cheese on last. It blows my mind every time we make a pizza. <laughs> and, and there's different ways to make a pizza, right? And so these other companies really started out with uh, other parts of the equation. Um, and we all end up kind of in the same spot. But but I, I think one of the biggest changes that's really happening is that um, uh, voice is not necessarily the starting point. And, and uh, Microsoft and Zoom have been the best examples of that. Um, one of the interesting ones too is, is uh, Workplace by Facebook, uh, or even Slack for that matter, right? They, these guys don't do voice at all. Um, they, they do the messaging only, and then they turn you to partners for the uh, voice um, uh, to fill in that gap, and, and, and the video in many cases as well. So, um, there, and, and, and what's what I really find interesting about about uh, a workplace is that they they're, they're pretty effective or pretty pretty clear at getting this what they call the first line workers and you go to a place like Walmart you know my, my kid used to work at Target right and yeah. and um, he worked at Target for like a couple of years he was a, he got supervisor uh, when the, when the cashier turned the lights on he would come over it was kind of funny cuz he was under 21 and and so they couldn't approve the liquor purchases but, but uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, but you, you work your way up the, at a place like Target. You don't ever get an email account. You don't ever get a phone number. You know, you don't. You you, you come in and you read the bulletin board, and that's the way they, these large companies do enterprise communications. Um, and so Facebook's like the first one to really figure out. Well, why don't we just give them all an app and go after these first line workers? And and so you go to companies like um, uh, a lot of the UCAS companies. I won't pull any names out. And you got this great messaging suite. This is a fantastic messaging suite. Uh, do you make it available to uh, uh, by itself? Can you get it without a voice? And 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 more times than not, the answer is no. Yeah. No, it's an add-on to this. Back to that cheese pizza, and they're they're missing out on a lot of opportunities there because uh, um, a lot of companies just want messaging now. Yeah, look, we have we face the same dilemma. To be frank with you, look, we we uh, we offer a videos collaboration product. We've yeah. talked about offering over the top, but that's not really how our system is built. You know, it's built with this like you said, with the idea of the voice as, as, the, as, as the beginning point, and then sort of these are extensions from there. Um, and it has caused us to rethink how we want to position ourselves and how what we want to, what we want to talk about, how we want to communicate our own, our own messaging. So um, I think your, your point is very, very well taken. I think this is a lot of the companies like us and, and Ring and Nate and, and, and Vonage and, and Zoom are all thinking about these challenges um, and how to, and how to really, penetrate that market. And Facebook is a, is a great example. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and to us, for us, from our standpoint, you know, we have, we also have to decide on who our target market is, right? Are we going to, you know, Facebook is probably better suited to go after the frontline worker at target, as opposed to start a star or even ring central in a lot of cases, because, you know, there's a familiarity to it. There's an ease of doing, you know, so I think. Yeah, I, think but I would argue it's not just the Walmart. There's only, there's only one Walmart out there, but I, I would argue that a lot of companies are struggling with enterprise wide communications. And a lot of the UCAS companies haven't 
uh, address that very well. There's actually not that many companies in the space that address uh, enterprise-wide communications. Microsoft is trying to communicate it a lot. They're trying to tell everybody that Teams is great for enterprise-wide communications, but it really is a very, very thick, heavy client, and it's that's that's. Uh, um, and, and actually, if you've ever used the Microsoft Teams meeting experience on a web, it's one of the one of the most uh, challenged products out there. So uh, and so, there's just not a lot of companies out there doing enterprise wide, and I think that's a huge opportunity. Um, and uh, it's an opportunity for you guys. And so, I, I, I would challenge you to go back to your uh, drawing boards and say if you can split up all your services so that they're not tied to each other, because. Because one thing the unified communications industry has done and tried to do over the years is to unify communications. And, and at some point, you kind of have to say, well, maybe this isn't working. Maybe we should de-unify our communications oh. and offer everything uh, separately. Concept. That, that, that makes sense. I, I'm going to take you off uh, that direction for just a second and ask you, what are some of the industries that are getting the most creative in still keeping their business doors open? What, what are the industries that you're seeing that are really actually could be thriving in this time? Well... I, I think this pandemic is obviously causing incredible more, more disruption than creativity. There's there's been some um, a lot a lot of reactions. I I'm still focused on enterprise communications. I'm not sure how much I can comment to other industries, but I, I think that the pandemic has really exposed, for example, that both uh, healthcare and education are are way overdue for disruption and, and yeah. they're struggling so hard uh, with trying to make these tools work. And, and yeah, you know, we could do video conferences and, you know, re reproduce a lecture, you know, pretty well, but we haven't really figured out how to really help individual students uh, well. We haven't really figured out testing very well. We haven't figured out um, how, how to detect problems with uh, learning learning patterns. Uh, and so there's just, there's, I think, I think what's going to happen is we're going to see an explosion after this pandemic in, in both healthcare and education uh, because of the pandemic. Um, there's um, uh, some other some some other uh, content that I've seen around education that talks about um, you, you know the whole college experience is really being reevaluated uh, reevaluated and I think I think that's really an interesting conversation. Um, so many of us favor the um, on site. It's interesting. I, I've got you know I've got one college graduate and I got one in college about to be a graduate and. And they weren't that interested in remote education. They were really interested in going to campus and having that college experience. And we paid for it and we sent them to college and got that ex and getting that experience. But when you take the college experience out, you then it becomes kind of obvious, well, what am I paying for? You know, and why, mm -hmm. why am I paying the exact same price for this college as that college, which has a better reputation uh, that I'm not going to? And and so there's been some wild predictions, like like uh, people are are thinking that the, some of the Ivy Leagues the, um, may may have a, a near term freshman class, not of three thousand students, but of you know fifty thousand students. Uh, as we re-explore, you know, why not scale this stuff, and 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 then why would all these other universities exist that that aren't that great, you know? So I, I think there's I think we're going to see a lot of change. As far as that, I tried to answer your question, who's been creative? I, what do you think? Is there is there somebody out there that you think is really nailing it in terms of one of these sectors that are re redefining itself? I, I think it's I, most bad. I, I think retail and restaurants are trying. I think that they are they're trying to to adapt. It's very difficult to do that on the fly with a lot of these a lot of these 
these smaller retail and, and even I should say larger enterprise retail, they have a lot of antiquated systems. They have a lot of antiquated processes. It's very manual in a lot of cases. Um, there's, you know, to, to the disruption it's was immediate. Almost painful. And, it's almost painful yeah. that, that process. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and, the, and, the, and the disruption to them was immediate and there was no, there was no clear alternative on what to do. I mean, a lot of, obviously a lot of them have had, have digital stores and have online marketplaces, especially on the retail side, on the restaurant side, a lot of, you know, where we live here in Sarasota and I'm sure where you live, Dave, there are a lot of local restaurants that may have, they didn't have an app, you know, an app where you could order online and easily pick up and order through DoorDash. I mean, a lot of those mom and pop type, type restaurants didn't have those capabilities. And I think from what my I saw, a lot of them try, you know, I, I think I saw a, a ton of them try, you know, update their website. They probably hadn't touched in five, in 10 years or yeah. whatever, and, and get a menu online and partner with someone like DoorDash. And, 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 you know, I, so, I mean, I saw those, those companies try, I'm not sure how well they did. Uh, yeah, that, that's just, really yeah, everyone's trying. trying a lot of people are going out of business there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of effort to save yeah, you know right. i feel it's my obligation and personal duty now to eat out more often because i'm trying to help these restaurants out but 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 there's you know it's, it's just like education there's you know how you pick your restaurant is is complicated it's not mm -hmm. just the food quality it's right. also the experience uh it's uh, particularly relevant for bars you know you could always buy a beer uh, at a liquor store and bring it home and uh, you'll save some money but that's not what people necessarily want to do they want to go out and be social so if you remove the social element it a lot of these businesses just can't survive and and so yeah i guess we could put up um uh you know the restaurants have adapted they've they've they uh, at least here in colorado they've allowed you to take out liquor now which they didn't used to let you do before but mm -hmm. i don't know how sustainable that really is you know, I think yeah, the, I think the real, that, estate, I think the real estate industry, when it comes into just, you know, for businesses going back into that, I, I just see that that dying. I just can't see how they can survive where and that, uh, where we are today, where people are in a work from anywhere environment are going to go back into an office. Uh, if, if they've been productive and survived through this, I, I think they're going to be in a, a work from anywhere environment. And those kind of... Uh, Buildings are just going to go for pennies on the square foot if they're going to put anybody in there at all. I just see that. Uh, I, see, I see that. Yeah, there's certainly been a lot of companies that have uh, actually, you know, some, some companies like Google have pushed uh, the, the back to work day further out. But a lot of companies have just said we're never going to go back to the back to work. Yeah. Um, we're seeing, you know, I guess San Francisco saw about something like a five percent drop in real estate prices already. Uh, real estate market here is going crazy. Real estate is actually a really interesting question too, because that's something that people don't like to buy sight unseen, and you know that whole industry is based around open houses and showing mm -hmm. houses, and and it, it, that, that's an interesting. I guess you could say it's gotten a little creative in their in their. Um, adapting and they seem to be doing really well uh, of course they're doing really well because of uh, increased demand as people try to refigure out these interest rates and where they want to live but um, uh, I've been looking at a few houses I don't think I'm that serious I just tend just just tend to I'm one of the, what they call a looky-loo and um, <laughs> I, I have to say that uh, the drone technology has really been amazing because uh, wow. yeah. they have these various 3d models of homes um, and the, the 3D models, I find just infuriating. They don't, they don't, you know, you're trying to work these with the mouse and it just, it's just, an, it's just awful. Uh, but uh, I've seen a couple now where they have actually an indoor drone kind of fly through the home and wow. put together a really interesting video. And it's like, wow, that That's, is really clever. That and, is pretty cool. I have not seen that yet. That's well, very, I'd very like cool. to, 
Yeah, I like to see that. You know, my my dream home would be a tiny house. I mean, um, maybe two <laughs> two of those uh, storage containers and yep. together in the middle of nowhere. Uh, have a satellite phone. Um, uh, maybe have a dish where I can might get not even Netflix. I might get Hulu. That would be it. Just Hulu very <laughs> sporadically, and I think I'd be fine. You you know, it's interesting. I I don't know if uh, you know. Um... Uh, Don Van Doren, he's a telecommunications consultant, kind of focused on um, contact center. But he is, uh, he's my model. He, he lives off the grid. I visit him uh, several times. Uh, even during the pandemic, we've gone down to visit him. Um, he, we could drive to, to where he is in New Mexico. And uh, I just love what he's doing. Um, and he, he's, he's off the grid completely. Uh, he does have power and he does have wireless internet. And it was this epiphany, you know, as long as you have internet, you can pretty much work anywhere these days. And, and he's got great, great internet. And so, yeah, he's got, he gets his power from the solar. He's, he's got, you know, he's got his own water, water system and, uh, he's got a beautiful piece of property and he's really built out a nice, you know, um, and I set up there and it's like, well, I, I, I think I could do this. You know, it used to, it used to seem living off the grid seems so, Oh, that's so ridiculous. Nobody does that anymore. But uh, no, he's, I would absolutely yeah. love it. I really would. I, 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 I think that it's, um, you know, smaller space, be outside a little bit more. I, I love it. You know, I say that cause that's like getting a new uh, hobby, like playing a ukulele and it sits in the corner of my room right now. I uh, I played it for a little period of time, so it could be one of those phases I go through today. Yeah, you know, that could just be me. But so so Dave, I read a lot about I read I read you all the time. What are you what what are you working on right now? What's the next article you've got sort of in the hopper? And what's and, and you know what what sort of what what's on your mind? Well, I got I've, I it's it's actually I was just talking to somebody about this. I have. Um, uh, on my computer, a, uh, I, have, I have actually four screens on my computer. And um, one of my screens is dedicated to, you know, I guess work in process. And I think I've got something like uh, 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 12, 12 open tabs on that browser of documents that has just kind of started. I, you know, I'm doing the, you mentioned earlier, the podcast with, um, with Evan. We do, we do two of those um, we do two of those a month. Right. Uh, that's called Talking Heads. And, you know, we, we're getting, uh, um, I think the one up right now is Stuart from Slack. We've mm-hmm. got Tony Bates coming up from Genesis. We're doing, we're doing, uh, uh, we've actually got a really long, I think we're, we're booked out through the end of the year. So that, that's, got, that's, got, that's really building a nice little audience. Uh, Zeus and I, you've, you've had Zeus on here a few times. Yep. Zeus and I are doing a weekly show now. We call it The Herd. We just launched it. Um, it's a YouTube 10-minute uh chat and so um uh, you can check out the herd episodes and then um i do my own uh, i do my monthly newsletter which uh for my subscribers um those are those are you know you think usually in the summer they get kind of short um but this this uh this this year they've, they've been consistently around 10 pages uh and that's kind of recapping everything going on in the industry with some opinion on that i do my own research notes I'm just about to push one out on some of the changes that we talked about a couple of them already, but some of the changes happening uh, uh, in the UCAS space. Um, and I've got a few more there I could share with you if you're interested. And yeah. then, and, um, of course, just the media side, the, the, uh, the doing fairly regular posts on uh, No Jitter, on my own blog, Talking Points. I just posted a video up on um, UC Today. And uh, so I, I, I'm kind of scattered. I'm all over the place. 
Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, I've listened to you and Evan. You guys are great. Uh, and uh, we, we've had Evan on a few times, and, and he, we, we enjoy talking to him. He's always fascinating to talk with. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad you guys are still getting you booked out. I'm, I'm excited to listen to those shows, so that's very cool. Um, you know, as we, as we look towards the end of the year here, uh, you know, as we get towards that point anyway, I feel like, you know, we're, 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 geez, we're, in, we're in mid-August already um and uh or end august i guess already and you know as we get into the fourth quarter you know what um what are are there are there a couple of things that you are keeping your eye on really closely uh on the uc space right now is there a company or two that you're that you're interested to see how they finish the year and what they do or you know are you just is there anything any trend you're looking for 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 the as the year kind of closes out you know what's what what, what is what, what what are you thinking there uh, a couple of interesting trends uh, I would t- I would identify. Uh, one is uh, I I think we're going to see a big pendulum swing towards security. I mm. think the UK's industry has not been um, has been kind of you know passive about security. Very yeah, much. we do encryption. Yeah, we do, yeah. Um, but I, I think the the home worker has really changed the security profile uh, risk. And we're seeing some really creative um, uh, social engineering hacks. We're seeing um, people getting into VPNs. We're seeing ransomware attacks. And the problem with, of course, unified communications is that it's evolved. You know, our, our communications are, you know, you go back to the PBX days. Once you said it, it was gone. Unless somebody actively recorded it or something, it was pretty much gone. But today we're moving toward an environment where everything is retained permanently. And uh, particularly our, our online persistent, you know, we call it persistent, um, persistent chat conversations, but, but more and more of our phone calls are being transcribed and more and more of the uh, meetings are being transcribed and that information is being stored. Uh, who you are talking to is becoming very interesting too, uh, particularly around mergers and acquisitions and things like that. And so I think, I think uh, the handwriting is on the wall that the UCAS industry is going to have to start uh, I think I think security is going to become a primary differentiator over the next mm-hmm. few years among among partners. Um, another big shift that's occurring in the UCAS industry is a shift away from product. Um, the industry has always been very focused on their product, and, and they control who the partners are. You know, I, I used to be a Mitel dealer. There was only a couple of Mitel dealers in, in Denver. Uh, so most of our competition was other PBXs. And so the way we won our, our business or won, won the sale was focusing on how our product was better than somebody else's product. And that was the way the industry has pretty much been for years. Uh, that's going away. You know, the, a lot of companies are now selling the exact same product, whether it be Ring Central or Teams or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so if it's not product that's differentiating, uh, it's, it's these other things. And I think the industry has been kind of slow to really embrace that, particularly channel partners, uh, understanding the value that they add, understanding their brand, understanding their services, uh, and creating that differentiation. I think that's also a challenge for some of the UCAS providers that have also competed on on um, on their product, and so a shift away from that. Um, so yeah, d- definitely some big trends as far as uh, individual companies. You know, we just had the uh, Enterprise Connect conference. Uh, I run the Innovation Showcase. We actually identified uh, four companies this year in security uh, that that are doing some really interesting things in security. I, I love some of the passive security stuff happening, and I I get infuri- I get furious when I 
when some contact center asked me for my mother's maiden name. It's like, are you, are you freaking kidding me? Um, there, there's so many better ways to do this now and, and, uh, and how bad that way is. It's just unacceptable. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot more um, uh, app-based communications. I think we're going to see uh, – um, I think it's more likely when you engage with a contact center, engage with a company, it's going to be through an app. And if you, and if you accept that premise, that changes how you communicate. It means you're going to use text. It's going to mean you might even use the camera. It means it might know your location. Uh, I mean, I might mean, I mean, I, I, I sit there, you know, not recently, but you know, maybe you're in an airport and your flight gets canceled and all of a sudden there's 300 people lined up at the, at the desk trying to rebook their flights. Um, and that's not a fun situation. And I, and I, as I stand there in the line and, you know, as a premium elite flyer or whatever, I just can't help but wonder why aren't they calling me? They know that I'm an elite flyer. They know I'm one of their best customers. They know that my flight just got canceled. They know that I need help. Why aren't they calling me? And so I, I, and why am I standing here in line? Um, and so I, I think, I think we're going to see so many things around, around, uh, uh, the way company engagement chain, um, it's about to change. So there's a, there's a few things to think about. Yeah. Uh, security is something that John and I have heard a ton of over the last 12 months, especially as it relates to UCAS. I don't know, John, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I feel the same way. I think that, uh, you know, the uh, going up into the cloud where everybody can be anywhere in the environment, make sure it's secured and make sure we get into the right, uh, on the right platform where we can share applications with individuals, um, push out updates and have that totally encrypted and, and to make sure that it is, is secure. I mean, a lot of them can say they're secure, but they really have to have, uh, you know, uh, a breach like that could uh, devastate a company, if not take them down to their knees totally. Security for, for all the wrong reasons, security might be the reason that premises systems come back, which which makes no sense whatsoever, because I'm, I'm not suggesting that premises systems are more secure. But the issue here is that um, nobody's talking about security. It's like you know uh, what we saw over the past you know let's say the 20 30 years of, of IT data centers have become fortresses for as an example, and, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to get into a data center. But when I talk to UCAS providers or cloud providers and ask about their security practices, they don't want to talk about it. You know, they just say we're secure. Uh, you know, it's like the first rule of, of security in the cloud is no one talks about security in the cloud. And, and so if you're an IT manager and you're responsible for security, then your only recourse is to, well, I'm just going to put it back in my data center where I can, where I can control it. Mm-hmm. That, the problem is, you know, cloud providers are inherently better suited, better positioned, economies of scale, et cetera, to have better security. And so I think there's this big gap between, between what people need to hear about and what companies are talking about. Yeah, I think so too. I think, but I think a lot of channel partners are, they're nervous to get into the security space because they don't, you know, they, they, it's such a risk, you know, or, or there's such a perceived risk. Um, that you know they you know a lot of them don't want to talk about it right um well, a, lot so I, I, I think, a lot of them don't really don't really know it that well you yeah know, it, it's just come about in just the last few years that it's uh it's a quite frightening thing unless you've been in it for you know five or ten years to see where it's progressed and how you know safe it can be i mean it, it's a risky thing it's like we have partners that come in with us that uh you know have a ever talked about voice before they've sold something else but they want to bring that voice in for another revenue stream and you know they got to get comfortable with that so i think the same kind of thing with security they just yeah you know the, the unknown 
Yeah, no, I think I think I think you're right. I think you're both right. So, uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time today. We have one. We have a, John got a couple more questions here at the end. To, to I, I, got a, the, I got a couple. I got a question, Dave. You have to close your eyes and imagine. You ready? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, here we go. You are shipwrecked on an island. Okay. Now, on this island, you have found there's a hut. Nice. So you have a, a shelter, and you have food for the foreseeable future. You have a, a freshwater spring, so you have the water. What would be three things, if you could have them, that you would ask for? Three additional things to have with you. You don't know how long you're going to be on there now, so just what would they be? Wow. What is that up, by the way? I'm going to ask, answer with, you know, maybe a phone. Um, uh, a phone or a or, or at least a video device of, or something like that a communications device yeah. because communications are you know i'm a communications protagonist and uh and so I, i'll champion the phone cause there if that's an option because you didn't say i was stranded you said i was just kind of you know the, the, you could do this deliberately if you wanted to yeah. um and, and actually uh you know one of the things that has played out well for me this year is i bought this uh this camper van and and uh, we've been going out. We, we, I was, I bought it to drive to different conferences and, and go to some different, you know, that's the journey, not the destination. Right. But since there's no conferences this year, we've actually been using it for camping. I never, I never bought it for that. But, uh, but we're finding as we've been using it for camping that, that we don't like campgrounds. We, we, we really like just going out. Uh, it's a lake we go to, just go park on the beach. And, and uh, I prefer this being disconnected. I don't want the power supply. I don't want the... I don't want the circus of the uh, of the campground going on. So, so your your scenario is actually kind of desirable, at least uh, uh, for a weekend. I don't know about for longer than that, but but I'm finding that that uh, I do really value my communications when I'm when I'm off grid, and so I either bring a ton of reading material, Kindles, books, magazines, uh, or or you know. If I actually am in range, I enjoy being able to read all, all the online content. Um, so that would be my first answer is communications. Um, second answer is music. Um, you oh, know, particularly in this uh, uh, remote environment, uh, you know, live music is really hard to pull off unless you're a musician. And I've really been realizing how much, uh, how, how important music is. It's, uh, it's a way of relaxing. Mm -hmm. It's a way of uh, yeah, I, uh, I wrote about. I mean, I, 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 I can't, I can't get over Hamilton. By the way, I, I mean, my, my favorite kind of music is Grateful Dead, but, but uh, I think Hamilton is just a masterpiece. And I, I, I think I watched that you know during this pandemic probably about ten times now, and uh, I can't get enough of it. It's just very clever. So uh, very clever. By the way, I could not agree more on Hamilton. I, uh, yeah. I loved. I saw. I got to see it in person in Chicago. And at the time, I didn't know the lyrics, and then afterwards, I listened to it like non nonstop. And uh, and now going back and watching it on Disney Plus has been just like it's been awesome just to be able to like sing along with it. It's 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 amazing. Yeah, actually, the best part about Disney Plus is the uh, uh, subtitles. I mean, that's that's really made the whole <laughs> experience much better. That is a show I definitely feel I need. Uh, I'm not embarrassed to say I need subtitles for. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, so so music would be number two. Um, uh, number three is a little tougher. I'm going to have to think about it. that. Might be beyond this 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 uh, podcast, but um, that'll be the third, uh, your third time on with us. You can come back on again, and you can there you go, there you go. Third, third, yeah, uh, make, make that an action item. But 
Yeah. Well, well, that's great. That, that's that, listen. I would be all for the said two things: music, some kind of communications device, and maybe uh, maybe a warm blanket. Who knows? Anyways, uh, Dave, it was great talking to you again. As always, um, best of luck throughout the rest of the year. Stay safe, um, and I'm sure we'll see you around at, at events, as or maybe we won't. Who knows? And uh, and uh, we'll talk again soon. So thanks so much for for uh, for heads in the cloud, David Portnoy, and I'm John Roth, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Dave.